You're listening to And So I Followed an Alternative Religion podcast with Graham McMillan Mason. Episode 3, Sammy Irwin. Hey, welcome back to you And So I Followed an Alternative Religion podcast, episode 3. So I'm going to start by thanking everyone for coming back, or if indeed you tune in for the first time, thank you, Shun. This week's guest, as you probably know by now, is Sammy from Employed to Serve, Regurgitate Life, Oblivionized, amongst many, many others. He's actually only 24, believe it or not, which is kind of amazing considering all the stuff that he's actually done. Um... I've known Sammy for the best part of about a year, and I can guarantee categorically that he's doing it for all of the right reasons. He just seems to like love creating, and he's probably, in my opinion, the best young riff writer, if that's a thing, in the UK. We talk about his upbringing in the metal world from the age of like 10, uh, the glory days of MySpace, which was brilliant for band's growth. If you don't know what I mean, or that was before your time, we get a little bit deeper into that actually in the conversation um and it might provoke some memories some good some bad um but most importantly as well we talk about employed to serve's newest album which is out on the 19th of may on holy war records you can pre-order that just now it's a really really super chilled chat it was like late on a friday night about a fortnight or something ago um i'd had a couple of beers and i think sammy might have been one or two deep but I don't really know. I mean, I, I can't guarantee that. I don't know, but maybe. It was a Friday night. You know, it's what people do, I guess, right? But before I go on to the podcast, I do want to cover over a couple of things from the last week, um, especially regarding the podcast. I just want to thank everyone who listened to episode two with John Terry of The Chariot and Listener. His exclusive track, Shipwrecks, seemed to go down really, really well. I think it's amazing. Um... And the fact that he gave it to me to play was absolutely awesome of him. Really, really nice thing to do. But it was lovely that everyone seemed to resonate with his backstory about him coming from like being a humble church kid, um, being given a tape, and then becoming a prominent figure in the heavy music scene. That's good to hear that sort of stuff back. Um, and as I was saying just before, it's really great that that resonated with people too, and people seem to enjoy it. If you haven't listened to it already... I would recommend going back and listening to it just for the track alone. It's really bluesy. Uh, the track's absolutely awesome. And the podcast, I believe, is the only place you can hear it unless you have access to my laptop and I kind of have the MP3 on there, but, you know, nonetheless. Really quickly, before we get into the podcast, though, it's great to see so many people connecting on Facebook, like I said last week, and also on Twitter as well. It seems to just be getting more and more. So for Facebook, if you don't know how to find it, it's dead easy. You just put the podcast title into the search bar and, you know, it pops up. Um, Amazing piece of technology. And if you send me a message with who you'd like to see interviewed or whatever or just chat, um, I'm kind of really into my social media. I'm trying to wean myself off it, but, you know, get me while I'm hot. Right now, I'll probably reply and connect with you. If you want to get me on Twitter, it's just at CFAR underscore podcast. That's CFAR, S-I-F-A-A-R. 
um, click the follow button, I think it is on Twitter. Yeah, the follow button, yeah. Click the follow button and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat or, or whatever. But if you don't want to chat to me, if you don't want to connect on those things, that's also completely fine. But if you are enjoying the actual podcasts, it would be really, really nice if you could subscribe on iTunes. Dead, dead easy to do. All you've got to do is go into iTunes, click where it says subscribe, and then what will happen is every Monday at 10pm UK time, the latest podcast will drop straight into your phone, your Mac, your tablet, your iPad, your laptop, or whatever it is you use to listen to the podcast. I'm also going to be doing a short midweek sort of series, if you will, if you will um, which is called 10 Questions With. It's basically where I'm going to ask a series of random questions to my guests. It's only going to be like 20 to 30 minutes long, but it's actually a really good laugh. I've done a few already, and they actually are quite funny, some of the replies you get back. So I definitely recommend tuning into that. Um, but back to today in the podcast today, uh, the chat with Sam is a really cracking chat. He's really easy to talk to, and he's actually a really sweet guy. Before I get into the podcast fully, though, in terms of the interview, I think it's in my best interest, and definitely in your best interest, that I play the newest Employee to Serve track, which is called I Spend My Days Wishing Them Away, which is from their newest album, The Warmth of a Dying Sun. As I was saying before, that's out on Holy Raw Records, and that's on the 19th of May. They also have an album release show on exactly the same day in London at the Old Blue Last. I don't believe it's sold out at the time of speaking. So go and grab a ticket. Go see them if they're near you in a city and you're not from London. Go secondly and pre-order the album as well. Because I guarantee you, once you've listened to this track, I'm sure you'll agree with me, you won't regret a bit of it.
Hi, Sammy. How are you doing? Doing good. Feeling pretty good. It's Friday night, so just looking forward to having a nice, chilled weekend. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'm actually off this weekend for once. I've been working non-stop, uh, so yeah, oh, man. I'm looking forward to it. How's your week been? All right? Yeah, pretty good. Like, um, I think this is my second week back from tour, so like, I'm sort of slowly but surely getting back into the routine of like, not full-time work, but like, I haven't got any tours for a little while, so it's a bit of a slog at the moment, but uh, I'm sort of getting back into the swing of it. You're so young. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel it. I feel like I'm falling apart. I've got like, I've got a bad hip. I've got sciatica. I've got like RSI in my arm. Like, I'm just, yeah, falling to bits, but... Yeah, you are now you mention it. Jeez. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. So... Before I begin, for people who might not know who you are, I'm guessing most will, but people who might not know who you are, fire on a little description for me, mate, if you can. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm a guy called Sammy, and I play just a lot of music, basically. Um, <laughs> I guess um, the uh, what like the projects I should mention are I play in Employed to Serve, uh, I play in a band called Renounced, uh, used to play in a band called Oblivionized, uh, we split up last year, uh, and uh, I think that's all... All the main ones. Oh, yeah, and also playing a, in a death metal band called Regurgitate Life as well. I was going to say, you missed that one out. Yeah, would... and there's the, I'm sure there's a few little little things here and there I haven't mentioned, but those are, I think, the, the prominent ones I should mention. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, obviously, I think this will be the third episode, I think. So by this point, I'll be hoping people know the, uh, the story behind exactly what we're going to do and how it's going to be done. If they don't, yeah. again, like I said in the last one, there's a reason to listen to the first and the second one. There you go. Yeah, um, exactly. So I got your age wrong in the start of the conversation before we I were know. recording. But you uh, said I was younger, so that's okay. You can yeah. get away with that. Yeah, I said 22. You didn't think I was like 35 or something, so it's <laughs> No, no, you just, you may be feeling like it with all the issues you have right now, right? <laughs> yeah, <a little> bit. <laughs> Um So, I mean, we've met like a few times, obviously we played together, what, July time or something like that? I think so. Actually, yes, it was. It was July. That's right. That was the. Uh, oh. it was we we ne- we never learned to live and employed to surf tour. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was a really good one. That yeah, really good fun. Like really good bunch of guys. And uh, that Glasgow show was great as well. Yeah, it was a really really good show. I mean, and it was weird because I remember seeing you originally. Like I knew of your band beforehand because I'm I'm quite well. I'm not quite a big fan of Holy Roar. I'm a really big fan of pretty much everything Holy Roar's released. So. Picking you up, I was probably lucky in the sense that I got you earlier than some people would, but I remember you played uh, the Rolo show at Stereo, and I was That's right, yeah. kind of hyped for that, and I remember think, I remember speaking to you after this and being like, I think you've released the album of the year, actually, mate, and you were like, oh, okay, and I remember like thinking, God, he's really young, and I was like, okay, so now I know you're 24, uh, official age, Yeah, I feel like you've already done more than what some people ever have or, or ever will, but I suppose... As always, we like the backstory here. So what was like the first band that made you go, right, I'm going to grow my hair long, I'm going to grow a beard, I'm going to play guitar, and I'm going to be in a band? Like, how did that happen? I think it just, it has to be Slipknot. I know that's like the sort of the classic answer, but I mean, I talk about it a lot, like, when whenever I'm sort of interviewed or just asked in general like Slipknot was the band that sort of changed everything for me like I've been I mean I was oh, it's into music um oh hang on a sec I think I've, my mic's come loose it's all right I've got like a real dodgy pair of headphones but yeah yeah that, <laughs> I mean I've been into music since like I was real young but like when it came to like alternative music like Slipknot just like yeah blew my mind basically were you like a kid of like the first album era or was like Iowa kind of your first introduction uh, to it i would say literally just just about first album but i think iowa was like on the cusp of like coming out when i got into them 
but like it was probably like a couple months before i were dropped that i sort of started picking up on them but um it's still so good if you listen back to it man it's still oh like it is such a yeah. beastly album oh for, for sure like i jammed those first two records like all the time it's definitely like i moved away f- like from those two records for a very long period of time because you sort yeah. of lump, lump them all in with that like oh that's what i used to like be into that's like you know gateway stuff and then with quite a lot of records you come back to it and you're like oh actually yeah. hang on this is like really good still like it's really stood the test of time and for me it's like one of the only records that has like a dj on it and i'm like nah it totally works yeah it does like i mean i've only ever seen them live once and it was like the last time they played with corn i don't know if you i'm guessing oh you i saw went. the tour but i no, i totally missed it unfortunately it's kind of weird there's such a big production i think when like we were younger and iowa came out it was like i mean i'm i'm 30 so there's like six years difference between us but i, I still kind of remember that era and i think there was like limbisca lincoln park you had those bands that were out and they had good choruses but slipknot were the first band that were just like fucking like to, to the to teenage years brutally heavy and like left oh, behind yeah. was like and then like the newer stuff like it's a bit more mellow but it still has like that slipknot stamp of like authority on it do you know what i mean oh yeah for sure like i think they've definitely like i mean become a, a little bit watered down like in sort of recent <clears throat> oh, yeah. years i think they started to sound a bit too like too like stone sour if i'm honest but you're definitely right yeah, oh, yeah. but like the song the song quality has like still been up there and there's like every record they've put out there's been at least like a few bangers like psychosocial that tune's an absolute absolute ripper for sure yeah for sure and i mean the, i think they're a, a band that i i don't know anyone really from the kind of like a heavy music scene of, of any era that would ever kind of look down on slipknot whereas there's a lot of bands from that scene and I mean, they were never new metal. I think that's a bit unfair to chuck them into that kind of era. It's like chucking Incubus in there. It's not really fair. They're nothing like that. But exactly. I mean, they they had they had their ties to that scene. Like, yeah. Of course, don't get me wrong, but like, they definitely are their own entity. Like all together. Like, yeah. You know, you can't just sort of label them as like, yeah, it, new metal. That's what they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 so much more. Like I think you know even their early stuff, which was like as we were saying before brutally heavy it kind of had its own it, it had it had like a, almost a catchy chorus and like unintentionally it was weird like left behind so catchy but it's oh, so yeah. like aggressive like that's that's like um that's kind <clears throat> of like the uh the impressive side of it because like the first two records like when you actually listen to the riffs and stuff that like especially on the first record it may it's mainly all sort of based around like you know zero one four like all the like sort of lower frets and all the riffs kind of sound the same but they always had this like vocal hook that like would just get stuck in your head like every time you know what i mean it's yeah yeah it's very very impressive being able to write a hook like that for sure so you had obviously slipknot that with the first band that made you want to kind of pick up a guitar what age was that uh pretty young so i, I would have said i would say even like it must have been about 10 10 something like that Oh jeez, that's that that is young man. Like we've been starting all the other podcasts at like sixteen, seventeen, but ten well that explains that you've got like fourteen years experience there. So okay, that 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 puts it together in my head anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like like I was saying, like even before that, like I was big big into music and I liked a lot of like rap and stuff when I was younger. So like yeah, yeah, definitely. Just I don't know, got bit by the bug at a uh, bit by the bug like at a younger age, I guess. Yeah, it, it happens, and I mean, because you're from Woken originally, right? 
that's all right. Yeah, still still living there. Still yeah. living here even. So, I mean, I'm I'm from Sunderland originally. We had, like, occasional bands, but then it was, like, a few bands that were, like, the cool kids that were, like, really cool and they were, like, heavier stuff. But it was, like, covers. Did you have bands like that, like, growing up that you kind of looked up to and that was the kind of, like, I want to be that guy? Yeah, I, well, I would have to say, like, my guitar teacher was definitely, like, a, a dude I looked up to. Like, he'd come over, he's got, like, dreadlocks and stuff, and he was, like, teaching me how to play, like, Rage Against the Machine songs, like, and he, he played in a local band called Radiate, and, like, yeah, I, like, would go see them play live and be like, yeah, this is awesome, like, this is totally what I want to do. So he was, yeah, definitely another another influence. And obviously you do, like, a lot of vocals and stuff like that, right? But yeah. I suppose, like, in the... It, in the, the main of it i suppose you're more kind of a guitarist in a sense um, oh yeah definitely that was yeah the first first thing i picked up was that always the thing you wanted to do or did you always want to be the guitarist or did you always have the idea of being like the front man guitarist or, or, or both uh, I, yeah uh, maybe a little bit of both really i mean it was definitely a lot later on that i sort of started doing any sort of you know vocals or anything like that i mean i think when you're younger and stuff you're just quite self-conscious being around the house you know shouting or screaming or anything like that yeah um yeah no i think i think there was always interest you know in the vocal side of it even though like i got into it a lot later on but um it was definitely it's definitely between the two though like i always had like a big interest to play the guitar as well yeah yeah so i mean there's so many bands from that era i could kind of like relate to you but like you mentioned about Slipknot being like a gateway band and yeah. I, I think I'd kind of agree in the way that you do go back like Korn and Limbiscuit kind of like my gateway band but I go yeah. I back I go back to Korn quite a bit especially the new stuff but what was the band that was maybe not big that you kind of went hang on I kind of like that like and it's not popular and you had to go and like literally find it oh okay I'm trying to think like I'm not sure what my like first in- like sort of encounter like that was but one that always springs to mind was where like I mean I'm I'm a big sort of uh, death metal fan uh, I yeah. used to be like elitist exclusively only listen to you know brutal death metal <laughs> and all the rest and I yeah. think- so that like the first thing that kind of fascinated me like from the sort of underground perspective was um there's this record label in uh in london still going today called grind ethic records mm-hmm. and, uh yeah so yeah they used to put on this show called the anti-christmas bash and I, I can't remember where i got a flyer like from it must have been from like a bigger show or something like that but i just remember seeing like these spiky logos on this flyer and just being absolutely like fascinated by it just like whoa what is this you know <laughs> i need <laughs> i need to find out there's like a bad like the guy who runs the label um tom bradfield he plays in this band called beef conspiracy and i just saw that band name and i was like whoa what is this this looks like kind of scary but i'm i'm interested yeah it's a kind of period in, in your life where you think like, like for me it was another way I actually, I actually went a bit more mellow well i'm saying mellow i was going to say glass show but i suppose glass show compared to death metal. It's, yeah, not too not too mellow in the no. grand scheme of things no not not really but it was kind of the first band that i seen where like Oh, they were just like there was just something about them, you know. There was just something oh, yeah. where I was like, "That's grabbing me," and I think everyone gravitates to a certain, a certain extent to a, a certain era, uh, sorry, not era, a certain genre. And it's funny you should say you were like exclusively death metal because I was like that. I was like exclusively like hardcore or post hardcore, whatever it was, like for yeah. like four year. And then I realized, like, hang on, there's like the world, other music, yeah. yeah. Why, why am I limiting myself to just this very small like niche? I think it's like. You, you you go through that phase when you're younger because like you're just like happy to kind of be like a part of something and be part of like a scene and stuff and like yeah. you know it's 
kind of like your tribe or whatever and like you want to defend it and yeah and then like you get to a certain age and you're just sort of like oh no actually like i can like this and other stuff it's it is okay to do that (laughs) i think that's the best way to describe it like i think that's what it is there's a lot of people that would kind of find it like a bad thing to be so like i'm this and that's it but i think as a a kid you're so like to like like rock music or like any kind of like goth music as it would call it my, my school was like you had to, you were weird because you liked it so you kind of if there's other people that liked it and liked the same shit you were kind of like yeah this is my crew exactly <laughs> like, it becomes like your identity doesn't it yeah and it's almost like you get into like sub genres based on like your crew like one friend says oh I listen to this band and you go into like a sub genre inside of like this separate genre that you're in school if, does that make sense like do you know where i'm coming from with oh that? yeah yeah definitely like there's i mean when it comes to sub genres you can get real silly with it like and you know and put things like in so many different boxes like oh this is like i don't know techno space core or so you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like you can get pretty wild with it yeah for sure and then like obviously you said you were 10 so bloody hell that, that's like super young like i couldn't even spell guitar when i was 10 and i still can't play <laughs> yeah. it um, yeah, i don't know if i could spell guitar at the time either. i just <laughs> knew what one was yeah you just knew how it looked like yeah exactly. um, like what was like the so like how old were you when you first went right i'm gonna make a band because i think sometimes you have the idea of a band before you even learn to actually like play music or, or to sing or to to learn anything you kind of want that to happen because you want to be creative with it i think anyone who kind of continues with like playing music like yourself um from a really young age you want to create immediately but when was your first band like how old were you and, and what was the band and how good slash bad was it i guess like first like proper musical output was this um uh, i i like sort of like regurgitate life was a one-man death metal band until recently i had this other one when i was 14 called defective brain and that was uh oh i heard that actually i don't know where i found about that but i, I didn't mean to interrupt but no i did know that carry on <laughs> oh, right. yeah it's so like basically in my area like there's barely well it's as far as i'm aware there's no one who's into death metal so like trying to start a death metal band like in my area like being 14 years old was like well just near near enough impossible like yeah. you know i can't really like travel freely and stuff you know to go meet up with other people and like no one around here could blast beat or anything like that so i was just like well you know fuck it i'm just gonna i'm gonna do it by myself and like you know i had like garage band or like a very early like version of logic and you know had some like real bad like drum software on there and just sort of you know program some drums i had a rough idea of you know what it should sound like and just just like oh wow like i can you know make music myself and that was like really exciting and obviously this was like you know 2006 2007 so this is around the same time as like myspace and it's like oh wow now i can now i can put my fucking weird music online and you know hopefully other people will listen to it as well so like i really miss myspace you know for that oh definitely i mean it's gone to absolute pieces now but like when it was when it was good it was it was awesome i mean yeah very you know loads of fun times on there just starting up weird little projects and you know posting the tracks up and it gets so much like grief that kind of era for like there's the joke the the whole myspace thing it gets so much grief but you know what's kind of weird is that that was kind of like probably the era where probably i don't know if how accurate i am and everyone's different but almost like people wanted to be more underground and more cool and the more that became like that the more people would actually support their local scene i mean the bands that have come out of that oh yeah it's MySpace. got like so much creativity yeah. i mean it's definitely got like 
you know, it's positives and it's negatives, like the whole sort of, I guess, digital age of music yeah. and stuff. But I, you know, I just really think it, it think it proved to a lot of people, you know, including myself, that like, oh, you can do this yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can get involved. It's not just like for really big bands who have got like you know big studios and stuff like that. You know, you can literally sit at home, make some music, and put it online. And that's yeah, definitely an aspect of it that that I loved. And people would go and see. I mean, I remember seeing like Enter Shikori and like Architects and like pubs. And yeah. it was like, you look at them now, and I mean, like. Oh, they're huge. I mean, my friend uh, Maz, who used to sing in Parisa, he used to put on shows in a, in a town close to me called Bracknell, and he, he used to put on Enter Shikari there in this tiny little, like, cellar bar. You know what I mean? And I mean, where they play now, it's like arenas, right? It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. They're like headlining festivals for like ten year anniversary of their first album, and it's like that's I the kind know. of that's the period when I'm like I'm I'm really ten fucking years. old. Yeah, it's crazy. It just it's gone like so fast. Though. It's kind of sad because like, I missed I missed the boat, even though like I was in it at the time. Yeah. But like I missed the boat on bands like that due to me being such like a a militant brutal death yeah. nut. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of. I you know I'd like to I'd like to go back and sort of see some of those bands like even though I'm I'm not a massive Enter Shikari fan I'll be honest but it would have been it would have been cool seeing them you know when they're first sort of coming up and all the buzz is sort of you know surrounding yeah. them and stuff like that that would have been cool same because but, it was like there was so many bands I mean when I was young it was like America 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 and these huge bands that would literally play like arenas like Blink One Two yeah they're kind of the the smaller bands and this sounds ridiculous in it now were like Alkaline Trio bands like that and then you had these bunch of like British kids who you could like connect with and speak to on like online and people like used to like laugh at it and put it down it was really a good like scene it was a really good connection yeah. at that point and you know i i wish it would come back a bit in that sense because it supported so many bands who have got so much longevity like i mean like i'm not a massive enter shikari fan like um i'm a huge architects fan i wasn't kind of at the time but yeah if, if you look at the longevity of them like you, you could kind of almost put them in like legendary status in the scene that they're in to an extent oh yeah oh completely like they're they're massive now it's like it's crazy to see architects as well like yeah i mean one of one of the top you know heavy bands from the country and sort of like you're saying as well like looking looking back in time like maybe to like the 90s or something i struggle to think of any like really big you know heavy bands i mean i could be chatting shit him and not thinking straight but like definitely seems like you know we have you know more household names sort of nowadays which you know essentially kind of came out of you know that era really you know and shikari you know architects so yeah it's awesome yeah i mean it was like that that era was i, I actually totally reminiscent didn't expect to be speaking about myspace at all on this conversation but here we are <laughs> yeah. um here we are so i mean you mentioned regurgitate life or pretty much the first thing that you did is like a one-man band yeah yeah um, that's right and i mean it's funny i mean most people have no idea what i do but thankfully you do um and i'm kind of like a, a one-man thing in a sense with a kind of a backup and that's I, right and I, you change that as well because like you're the only sort of like constant aren't you and you have like yeah. people sort of like providing the the sort of ambience right i try to yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i know what i'm doing i let other guys kind of know who know what they're doing try to pretend that yeah. i look like i know what i'm doing but yeah but it gets lonely sometimes i mean when i used to perform by myself it was it was kind of lonely so did you get did you get that with regurgitate life did you feel like you needed more f from a live aspect Oh yeah, definitely. Like um, as soon as I started playing more frequently in like you know full lineups and stuff, I was like, oh, this is so much better, and it's it's so much more natural and stuff. Playing with like a, a real person on a drum kit, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. 
when you're up there with other people and you're like all sort of like lock it in together it's like i know it sounds cheesy but it is like the best feeling ever like it's great you know, and you, it you, is. You, i mean i've had like a lot of fun doing the one man stuff and you know it definitely a lot of gigs that you know have been some of my favorite but yeah it, it doesn't quite compare to like playing with like a, a full lineup but um the only the only plus point of it was that i could just get like uh, on the gigs like like really hard from the get-go i was just i didn't have to rely on anyone else it was just me you know what i mean i have to like ask yeah. around four other dudes and be like oh are you free to do this so you know almost like i could get on tours and stuff i could get get on like some tours that it wouldn't have been possible to get on uh if i had a full line lineup just because like the van was full you know what i mean i'd be going on tour with like three other bands you know what i mean and i'd just kind of be like hey do you mind if i come along and it's like just me you know squeezing in the van as well so there's yeah. you know that was definitely a real positive aspect of it for oh, sure i get that so much i was like the opposite way around i'm so difficult to be with so like i get lonely but i know i'm better on my own <laughs> oh, really? i could imagine you just yeah. like getting on with like anyone though you know what i mean you can just chat to anyone you know yeah on... to an to an extent but it like like i was saying before kind of off the off the, the podcast it was like it has its own uh it, it has its own demons i suppose in the sense that i can't pick up on people's emotions so if someone really hates what i'm saying or, or hates me, oh right yeah i don't pick that shit up very well <laughs> it's, it's tough on tour as well because like so many emotions it, so tired and there's oh, so much yeah, stuff com- like completely everyone can't sort of be you know be their best at all times everyone's got to sort of take you know a couple minutes here and there just to sort of be by themselves you know what i mean you know yeah. and then you went from did you go from uh regurgitate life towards employed to serve or did you have bands in between that did you have oblivionized and things like that in between yeah so i had oblivionized uh in between and sort of running alongside of at the you know same time as regurgitate life um yeah so that was like well like a really uh sort of i'll say long experience but not just like describe it as a bad one like at all but like we had so many like member changes and you know and it was like i think good seven years before we put the record out so it was definitely yeah yeah, quite a like grueling experience sometimes of all like the member changes and stuff but like at the same time once again with regurgitate life some of my like best you know experiences ever but um but yeah, we, we kind of got to the point, we put out our record and since it sort of took so long to like put out, we were kind of like, you know what, I think I think we're sort of, we're done now, if you know what I mean. We felt like it came to its sort of uh, natural conclusion and we could sort of draw a line under it. Like, I think we would have been very upset if we couldn't have put the record out. Yeah, of course. It's kind of like, it's it's almost like putting a closure on it, I guess, isn't it? Like Oh yeah, completely. Like, it's, it's nothing worse than sort of a band ending and you have like all these songs that you sat on. It's, you know, it's the worst and then, like, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong on the timing, because I'm I'm coming at it from a totally different perspective as as the listener as opposed to the creator. But it's funny you should mention that the length of time that took to make and the band changes and and wanting to get stuff out. But from my perspective, it was almost like um, with Employed to Serve, I, I listened to Employed to Serve, and then it it kind of just got huge, like out of nowhere, and it's just getting bigger. Like, and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but it started off just you and Justine, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, how did that go from wh- how did that go from just you and Justine to just what it is now? Because I mean, you've had member changes with that as well, but it, it's coming like a train. Let's be honest; it's doing bloody well, and rightly so, I think. Yeah. No. Like, we're we're super happy with like the response we're getting from like all the new material, and I, I think um, the sort of the way the band's panned out is just sort of um, 
because I've been in so many sort of previous bands and I, I was talking about this the other day as well. And it's, you sort of, you learn from your mistakes. You're like, Oh, I know, you know what to do. You know, I mean, obviously you don't know all the answers and you, you don't suddenly go, Oh, I know how to do a band, you know, but yeah. you definitely, you know, there's things that you've, you've done in previous bands. You're like, okay, I won't, I won't do that again. And I think uh, when me and Justine started employed to serve, like um, we just came in with like a real, clear head of like okay we're not going to do this we're not going to do this we're going to do things this way and that's why i guess it's maybe a you know it's been quite smooth so far yeah i mean definitely like a you know a lot of lot of touring and you know hard work but we i definitely think just because of being in previous bands it's like it's so beneficial having that you know prior experience of like the do's and do do nots i guess yeah and it's obviously working in a sense and obviously music stands alone on its own merit a lot of the time but you know i think you probably know as well as as i do and a lot of people do there's there's certain things you have to do right to get it heard and i think when i first heard like employee to serve and i would like listen to like a youtube video and it was like i seen some live stuff and it was effectively like you playing what looked like a pub and then next thing i know it was the roller tour and then when I played with you, it was pretty packed. Like, and it was kind of like that was all in the space of like a year, like if that. Um, so it it kind of went really fast. And I think, I mean, I, I really, from what I've heard, I really, really like the new stuff. You you know that. Like, I've obviously commented to you about the new stuff that's been put out so far. And yeah, oh, it's it's good to hear that because like um, that's definitely like one of the the slower jams on the album. So like we thought we're going to put good. that one out first and sort of not not like a curveball, but like. You know, hopefully we don't have too many people like, oh man, they've gone like super slow because obviously yeah. the rest of the record isn't like, you know, completely the same. But we're glad that people have like been into it and you know accepted a bit of like, oh, this is quite different. But you know, it's like, still into it. It's like Riff Central though. It's like people are like into that man. Like I, I, that's the thing. When I feel like when I'm listening to Employee Server, I feel like I'm waiting for that riff. Like. I mean, I think my my favorite song by you is probably "Beg for Rain," and it's just all oh, right uh, with that. Yeah, the end well, that's bit. the thing. You've got you've got to, you've got to have um you've got to have dynamics, haven't you? Like yeah. you know, all all the fast stuff. You know, it's like essentially, I guess, like building tension. But you've you've got to have that payoff, and um, yeah, and I think for like um many years, sort of playing more techier stuff like death metal and grindcore and stuff. That's sort of you know, obviously, still completely love that stuff. But that's kind yeah. of what I was craving a little bit, like just just a bit of riffing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. Would you say there was any like? I think it's always a bad question to ask because nobody wants to be something similar to something else. But I think at the same time, there's always a band that, like, when you start a band, you're like, I kind of like to be of that kind of ilk. Was there a oh, band yeah. that... Because it it's very different to the other stuff you've done. Like, it's totally different. And I think sometimes people lump it into the hardcore, some people lump it into hardcore, some people pump it into metal. I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think it's any of them. But what band would you say, when you started Employee to Serve, you were like, I'd kind of like to go down that, kind of route maybe not exactly the same but down that route like when we first started it was it was definitely like all all about the chariot you know dillinger escape plan uh we love botch and like coalesce and like bands like that so that was the sort of like yeah. the main the main blueprint but like we kind of always said from the get-go like well you know let's not shy away from trying other stuff out and you know and sort of like you were saying like we we, we don't really want to be pigeonholed no. into any sort of genre and like we enjoy the fact that we can sort of <clears throat> play diverse you know diverse collection of shows and you know obviously there's going to be people there like we're not we're not their thing but like i think it's it's better to be a band like that you want to be like 
you know, Marmite. You want to have people that like either really love it or some other people who are just not into it whatsoever, you know. You don't want to be that band that's just like, whatever, you know. You have that good mix. I mean, there's a there's a band who um, I'm, I'm really good friends with, uh, a band called Rainfalls, who are kind of, essentially, they're like melodic hardcore, but they can play like pop punk shows and they can play hardcore shows and they can be the heaviest band or they can be like the softest band. And I feel like employers have suit that as well. Yeah. I feel like you ha- you have that. You could play like a, a proper metal show where everything's just constant like noise and you would fit it. But you could play like a post hardcore show with like maybe say someone not glass show but someone like the ilk of that kind of like era, that kind of genre, and you totally fit as well. Like you could be the heaviest or you could be like one of like the not the poppier bands, but like one of the, the least heaviest bands. But on, yeah, on I, I mean like I guess if you, you put us on the bill of like um I don't know uh, Slayer. Yeah, exactly. Then we're definitely <laughs> yeah. going to come out looking quite poppy. But like, I I guess a good example though is like the two tours we just did back to back. So I mean, <clears> we <throat> the first tour we did was in the UK and Ireland with uh, with uh, Black Peaks and Tiger Cub, and you've got yeah. you know Black Peaks who like I mean totally like their own thing, but I guess they've kind of got like a Ruben kind of vibe vibe about them yeah you know a bit of like incubus like here and there and then like you've uh tiger cub who are like real sort of like desert rock got like queens of the stone age kind of vibe and like after that we went on tour with mare which is like really avant-garde like not not doom but it's kind of like in that kind of area i guess but like completely opposite tours and like we didn't feel out of place on like either of them so it was just really nice to like play with such a you know different selection of bands you know it keeps it exciting as well because if you're playing with like bands that sound all the same and sound the same as you like all the time it just yeah it gets very tiresome it's really weird that like when you think about talking about that it just takes me back to that glasgow show and you think of all the bands that were on that lineup oh just that was about... like super diverse and that yeah is so exciting i'm trying to remember the name of the other band that played because it has members from dialects i'm certain but it wasn't it wasn't dialects on that show but they they were great that was like trying to think what they do you remember there was, there was um there was Gen- like sort of Gendo metal, Akari. Metal. Gendo oh Akari, yeah yeah i was gutted because i missed their set because my friend chris uh chris plays in that band like yeah like mad like grindcore kind of stuff yeah but, um it was good yeah was good i missed i missed that but yeah, hopefully i'll catch him again soon I yeah the drummer's like a mentalist they're doing so well like i mean that was the first time i'd seen them because they came from a band called uh the color pink is gay who were really really good um and then they kind of moved on to doing that i think there was i don't think they're all the same members i think there's some of the same members that i don't really know but no so they're they're best player chrissy plays in uh party cannon who i'm I'm sure you've heard of yeah yeah of course um and it it was so when you yeah when you think about it it was really diverse and i'm trying to think like because i remember um we never learned to live i remember speaking to sean the singer oh yeah the vocalist yeah and i was like do you like hellas for heroes and he was like yeah i love hellas for heroes i was like yeah i I got that vibe like immediately from me and he was like oh thanks so much and it was like when you think about it you had like kind of like grindcore then you had me and then you had oh god he was after myself Um, that was that was the band i was trying to remember but they had like a kind of like misery signals like metalcore kind of kind of vibe about him so once again like Fits, oh, Atreides. Atreides, that was it. That was it, it was yeah. Atreides, yeah. They were awesome. And it was, everything was so different, but it was weird in the sense that, like, just about everyone stood and watched. And that, that reminds me, though, you, you mentioned about Missing Gendo Akari, but I always remember, like, your whole band watching, like, just about every other band set. Yeah. Like, and I'll be honest, that doesn't always happen for, like, local supports. And I remember, like, 
I remember thinking that wasn't kind of you doing your duty thing, like from speaking to you just like previously and online and stuff. I remember thinking that was a kind of you were generally interested in the diversity of like the the, the list of bands, and I think that's testament to what you create as an as an art form. I think I don't know from. Oh yeah, completely. Like I'm always like, I mean, granted, like I guess everyone's gonna have an off day, like where like I don't know, you've had an overnight drive and you, you oh, yeah. need to sleep in the van or whatever. But no, I'm always like excited to to see what's going on and stuff. And I'm just a big believer of like not you know not keeping the scene alive but you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, stay, of staying you know informed with like you know who's about and who's playing and i guess i guess it's because i play in i mean all it all falls under the sort of extreme music umbrella i guess but it i does. play in many different subgenres, and i just like to sort of keep an ear out for who's you know doing what where and yeah no i just find it sort of going back to underground music again i just find it exciting seeing you know what's sort of like you know bubbling away in different places yeah, it's def- it's definitely a thing I, I try my best to, and it, but I, even now I'm guilty of it, so I think it's commendable, man. But um, you know, when it comes to uh, one thing, I kind of totally like I've I've totally gone over it. Um, I've I've gone past it without coming back to it. But I mean, I was talking before about employed to serve, kind of going from like pub shows to like another show, and then all of a sudden it was like your headline and you're pulling people in like quite well. But when was it you got signed to Holy Row officially? uh i guess that must have been like the tail end of 2013 yeah because our uh our first ep well first ep as a full band uh came out uh early 2014 so uh yeah that was like a super super exciting you know thing for us because for me and justine at the time that was like the label you know what i mean and we yeah. you know still super psyched to be on it but like you know when we first sort of got told like oh yeah we'll we'll put it out we were like whoa this is this is awesome it's like a there's like a moment, isn't it? It's like there's certain bands like like I remember as a kid for me it'd probably be oh god, there's loads, but I mean there's, there's like labels like Bridge Nine. Um yeah. like where you kind of like that's the dream and I think Holy Raw kind of like quiet kind of went into that realm of like if you're on Holy Raw there'll be good back in, people will look after you and you'll kind of get you know a good amount of attention without kind of losing that sort of underground feel about what you have. It's still very grassroots without being like yeah exactly not successful that's it for sure and sometimes i feel it's better to be a part of a label like that you know where yeah. it's like it is more of a community and like we know all the bands and stuff and, you know and like justine obviously works there now and we're good friends with alex who you know set it up and i just feel that's such a better environment to be in as a band you know i'm not saying that being on a big label hasn't got its perks and stuff but like i feel sometimes like especially as like one of the sort of smaller and maybe less accessible bands like being on one of those bigger labels actually doesn't do you a lot of good it is actually better to stay you know sort of attached to the scene that you're a part of you know what i mean totally yeah and yeah. i think like because yeah, yeah i read the well i didn't read a senior there that justine's like working for them now like how did that come about was that just a kind of mutual friends thing you just thought why not yeah well so alex fitzpatrick who uh set up holy raw he used to play in parizo also uh and they were just like when we started employed to serve it was like oh holy raw is a label we want to be on and we want to play with bands like parizo so we we managed to set up a set up a, a euro tour with parizo and that was our first time over on the mainland yeah uh and so obviously alex was there playing guitar and i think he just sort of justine had booked the tour and i think he just sort of noticed like how good she was at like you know organizing stuff and like yeah. booking everything and like she's really got her shit together and i think i think at the time he was like looking about looking to get a new intern in and he just went do you want to you know come and do a few days a week and then that sort of slowly 
turned into like a part-time job and now she's yeah working there full-time that's good she's, man that means yeah, you, that awesome. means you've always got something to go back to <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you can always be like oh you, you can't sack the band because you know she works for you so yeah exactly. um <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, what we say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and when it comes to like you know there's a i think a lot of i don't think you'd be like this at all but i think there's a lot of people that would get signed to a, like a good label and then they'd be like, right, that's it. That, like, we've done it. But I think it never, ever like that. You've still got to work your ass off. Like, Oh, yeah, like, completely. I mean, I would obviously, like, a lot of good stuff has, like, come from being on Holy Raw. But at the end of the day, like, we st- there was still a lot of work that had to be, you know, done for us. It, it definitely wasn't a case of, like, yeah, sick, we're on Holy Raw now. Like, so that was still very early on in the band's existence. I mean, if we're sort of um, judging it from when we first, like, played our first show which was like august 2013 so by the time on holy roll that's only like a, a you know a few months later you know there was we were still you know unknown at that point you know really so we had like a lot of you know a lot of hard work to do and a lot of touring and um yeah so it's definitely not a case of like yeah wicked we got a record deal that's it we're you know hitting the big times now and at what time did at what point did you think though that it was like hang on like because you did a lot of like support slots you still do but like yeah. you you can very much stand on your own two feet as like a headline band at what point did that make you go at, at what tour show did you go you know what there's actually people here for us as well like a good chunk of the crowd we we can fucking do this on our own like we can stand on our own two feet and do headline shows i think it would have to be the, the rollo tour you mentioned actually because at that yeah. point uh uh gray our, our first album had uh, been out i think for like meh, getting on to half a year or close fucking to great album sorry to interrupt but fucking great album oh, anyone listening to this who hasn't heard it jesus christ it's like the best album of 2015 and i've told you that many a time so it's not an ass kissing thing oh um, see, cheers man but like no it would that it was at that point i think because it had been out long enough like um people had like had time to sort of digest it a bit and you know get to know the songs so i think yeah we, I, you know on some of the dates I, I might have noticed like a few people knowing the words and like you know, it could be like one person but like it means the world you know what i mean it's like oh wow like you know what i mean someone's actually like taking the time you know to to listen to what justine's you know screaming about and stuff it's yeah so i think that was like definitely like that was the first time i was like oh cool like yeah there's actually people here you know have heard of us before and we're not just like the first band they you know the support band that they just happened to catch you know what i mean yeah and it's funny as well because you've had to deal with i mean obviously more demand for your band to play but you've also had to deal with uh, like a lot of band changes i mean every time i've seen you it's been a different lineup apart from you and justine and i totally i feel so bad but i can't remember the new guitarist name but he's just i totally off topic by the way but he's the smiliest guy i've ever seen in my life he is he's honestly just a ray of sunshine i wish i had like a minute of his like happiness because like i just he was so happy. He everything was so positive, and I, being in a being around a guy like that must be pretty good. Oh, it is. It's awesome because it's a hundred percent genuine as well. Like, you yeah. Because when I first met him, you know, I thought, wow, that dude's like super, like smiley and just like happy all the time. And I, thought, I was like thinking to myself, ah, he must have like an off day though. Like, it must yeah. be a bit of a front. And like, have, having done like twenty, yeah, twenty days on the trot with him, you know, with some pretty rough sleeps and stuff. It's like. That is, <laughs> He's just always super, super, you know, chipper. I mean, it's, I, I was saying the other day, like, it's just like a, he's either on or he's off. He's either, like, really, really happy or he's just asleep. That's it. 
<laughs> he's like the Disney of employed to serve. Basically, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's, he, it's great to you know to have around though. You know, keep keep morale up. <laughs> it's so so good that you have like a that you've had you've had a lot of changes, and I think you know it was only recently I found out you know myself that it was you and Justine that started it and I suppose that kind of makes sense like I've been in a band myself where it was like session musicians and you had people come and go yeah um but I think you've got like a quite a settled lineup without kind of wanting to jinx it right now right oh yeah no completely I mean I guess like when I actually think about it it seems like there's there's been quite a lot of changes but it's all the sort of changes and stuff have been quite smooth so like yeah we've had we're on our second bass player and on our second guitar player. So we've had we've had this we've had a consistent drummer, Robbie, for the for the whole time. Yeah. Um our first bass player, he left like sort of very early on sort of in the band, so it almost doesn't seem like like we ha- we've you know, we've changed bass player and if it you know, because it was so long ago now. But um uh, the thing is uh, on the tour where we played together, we had a fill in bass player because unfortunately our our uh main, you know, well our actual player, his his job like he can't book all the time off like all the touring we want to do so we have our sort of go-to um our go-to sort of fill-ins and stuff because actually thinking about on that rollo show it also had a, a fill-in base yeah it was it was the basis so probably, from probably... ikatho maybe yeah that's right yeah sam jones yeah awesome band like um yeah so from from your perspective it probably seems like whoa this band's had like so many different members i guess hmm yeah but um you caught me off guard they had like a full beer in my mouth sorry that's all right <laughs> it's friday right yeah <laughs> oh yeah i've got one lined up for after this oh, i've got more than one um it's been a tough week um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i mean there has been a lot of changes like from from a total neutral perspective but it's never seemed to affect the the kind of flow of, of what you're doing and the flow of like the band or anything like that from again from an outside perspective you never know what's going on in the band unless you're in it but just from chatting to you and, and, and chatting to the guys in the band that I have done in, in the past, like there's definitely like a positive energy kind of surrounding it. I mean, the mentality is definitely just like, just got to carry on, got to keep going and stuff. So like when our um, previous guitar player, James, said he was leaving early last year, we're just like, uh, you know, we're like, that's totally cool. You know, it wasn't for any like bad reasons or anything like that. You know, yeah. that's totally fine. You know, you don't, you don't want to like try and convince someone to stay in a band that they don't want to be in because, you know, you know one way or another it's it's not going to work out but like we're just like okay cool well like this is we just have to deal with this and like we just sort of went through like in our head like who do we want to get blah, blah, blah. rich came to mind and before we like we knew it like sent him a couple like playthrough vids he'd learnt like all of us like songs super quick because he was like so on for it and yeah just luckily it all kind of came together but it's definitely the mentality of like okay this is the situation and we've just got to deal with it you know what i mean you know just got got to carry on yeah, it's a good attitude to have because there's many bands that kind of when I think changes come into play, it kind of like halts things and affects the mindset. And that from the outside perspective, looking in again, you never know, but it definitely does seem like there's there's no negativity in it. It's kind of like fuck it, let's get on with it. Like it is oh, what it completely. is. Completely, yeah. Like I think, yeah, do it. Doing a band, it, it is hard work. I mean, there's lots of awesome. I mean, the definitely the awesome aspects outweigh the outweigh the bad ones. But you've yeah, it does take a lot of work, and you know, it's like being in like a a five-way relationship essentially you know what i mean yeah. and like it is difficult you know finding those people you know like-minded you know individuals to like make it all happen but you just gotta 
they've got to persevere with it really if it's what you want to do it definitely looks more you know glamorous you know if you're not yeah. in a band looking at people doing bands i've met many people before who've like been like oh I was, you know really want to be in a band and stuff and they get around to doing it and do like a tour or something and they actually work out you know what this this isn't for me you know i hated it i i fucking hated it i did it in like 2008 and i hated it i hated every minute was like, it like was it like the late night drives being super tired for work and just everything it was just like i mean there was I don't, it's it was fun like it was it's great to be with your friends but like when you kind of want that minute i suppose in a sense like you kind of miss people back home you miss your girlfriend i suppose in a sense you've got that like you've got like missing family it's having money and it's kind of like sometimes like i was still working at the time and like it was kind of like the fear of going back to work was keep on playing on me and like if if the show wasn't perfect you had nothing but like the people you had a bad show with to kind of sit around and i just i found it like just sitting in a fucking depression all the time i just didn't enjoy it at all but i think you've definitely got to go in with a positive mindset but if you don't enjoy the first one sometimes it's just that's the way it's going to be you enjoy i love doing the shows but like doing the actual touring side of it long drives and stuff like that watching dvds it just got fucking tiresome really quick it is like sort of like you're saying like a roller coaster of emotions though yeah. like when you're on tour like you can experience like such highs and then other nights like feel like absolute shit you know what i mean and like yeah. i used to be a sucker for like letting like you know if i thought something was a bad performance i could have like done better like really beat me up and stuff like but i've just sort of learned now that like uh, you know come the morning like you just you're not going to care anymore so like if, if i have a bad one or something like that i mean it takes it takes a while to like get into this mentality i just sort of like shut up about it i'll like pack down my gear i'll go like grab a drink somewhere else and just sit by myself for for like a little bit and then sure enough like i wake up the next day and i'm like oh actually i, did, I don't care anymore and like we always like talk about like how sometimes you can play like what you think's like your best uh your worst performance ever and then you might get someone come to you like oh like i love you know who was like super yeah. into it or like some people say like, oh that's the best i've seen you and then likewise sometimes you can play your best like what you think's your best set and it was actually shit so you never <laughs> yeah. you never know you know so try not to beat yourself up too much i guess i read something the other day right so say say this doesn't work out and god i'm sure it will like hearing the new stuff i'm sure it will but say it doesn't you're a gardener am i hearing that right yes that is correct what the fuck how did that happen how did that come about how are you a gardener all right so um i mean i've been doing it on and off now for like years so since like 2009 um so basically i think like a family friend had someone down their road who was like i like knew i was knew i was looking for some work and he had this like you know friend down the road he was a gardener and you know said i oh, do i want to you know go try out for the job or whatever and yeah that was it really it was just like oh i, I know a guy is looking for someone you know who's runs this gardening firm and yeah and I, I to be fair like it's 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 a good job to do like you know you're outside and i mean it sucks when it's raining obviously <laughs> yeah. um but like it's yeah it's definitely nice to be outside every day and like be in a different place every day um do you ever yeah, play I, guitar with a fork? You know the the fork. Thing oh yeah, use? I was yeah. literally earlier today doing air guitar with a broom <laughs> when I was when I was cleaning one of the vans. So yeah, like all all the time. It's liberating, right? Oh, it is completely. Yeah. <laughs> I do I do that kind of stuff on the on a regular basis for sure. <laughs> I can kind of visualize that. I don't know why. I know that's a good thing, <laughs> yeah. but um, and on the flip side, if it's and I'm sure it will, and I really hope I'm not jinxing anything here. If it does work out, what's the ambitions moving forward? Oh, I mean, it's like I I de- I you know never say never but i i don't in in my head had like envision 
this record being like the big break and you know yeah. making loads of money i mean it's it the my goal is just to keep putting out music that's it really like yeah. just putting out music and if people like it then cool and then if they don't then you know that's that's it you know if you know one person's into it, that's that's a that's a bonus for me but like there's no real end goal i guess it's like i just i don't know i just want to sort of whilst i'm sort of at this point in my life where i don't have too many uh you know commitments and stuff just put out as much material as possible really that's that's all i want to that's all i'm sort of aiming for i guess yeah it's a good i think it's a good mindset i think it's a real good mindset to have because it's kind of if you start having ambitions you kind of you may set yourself up to be a little disappointed or you may it, it might go in a different direction yeah and... for sure and i think as well like it's it's good it's definitely good to have goals but like don't be like looking too far ahead if you know what i mean because like we always talk about this as a band and stuff it's like because you do just miss all the fun stuff like along the way like yeah so i guess as a heavy band if you start up and you're just constantly thinking like oh i want to be on tour with slipknot and stuff i mean obviously i think that quite a lot but um <laughs> like if you're constantly you never know that, you never know oh that would literally don't even that'd be ridiculous but if like yeah listening you never know if if this gets popular you know in, in later years listening and, ets yeah yeah i i back you up for it like Sick. i and I, like, you know, like can i put your number down for like a, a good like recommendation <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if i ever meet him I'll, I'll put it forward if he ever comes on here like i'll be like hey man like six months ago speaking to this guy i reckon you should get in touch you never Sick. know you never that'd know be- that'd be awesome and then we can get you on board and you can be our dj oh god that would work so well like just looking at me i look like a dj right yeah yeah you can definitely pull that off <laughs> yeah. easy we might need to get you like some like awesome mask or some some cool like, outfit though like the antwood uh deantford 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 uh their dj wears like a kind of cool mask oh really yeah it's kind of a kind of a weird thing i think i could or something like west borland or something like that oh man original hero yeah original hero we're living in dreamland here we need to come back but yeah so like (laughs) the point i was making like this like you miss like all like the fun stuff like along the way you know what i mean like Mm. the first tour you do with like all the weird like experiences that you go through and like funny stories you take from it it's like you just have to take it as you come and then just like i guess celebrate all like the sort of the smaller goals along the way you know what i mean don't be like looking at like the end you know what i mean because yeah. chances are you might even get there and still be like oh well you know yeah you never know what it's gonna like be like boy actually does get like his millions he's not <laughs> yeah. actually, you know <laughs> that's the best way to sum it up fuck i remember that episode so well yeah. um, <laughs> but it's quite um, deep though isn't it it's <laughs> scarily deep man yeah it's like one of those like black comedy kind of moments in in, in comedy but yeah, oh, yeah, that is that is kind of it's. Um, I can't think of the word, but it's it's a watershed moment, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. And, and just to finish off, like I just wanted to. I've, I've been asking everyone the same question, all right? Um, and because you do a lot of other stuff, and everyone I've spoken to does more than just the one band. If there was somebody who said, "I've never heard anything that Sammy's done," and you were asked to give two things that you've done, two songs, I suppose, in your aspect that you've wrote or, you, or you've uh, you've produced what would you say are the two things you're most proud of or you'd give to someone that has never heard of you in the past? Whoa, that's a real, that's a real difficult one. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, that's definitely hard to pick. Uh, uh, well, I'd have to go, uh, I mean, it's hard because I don't, I don't want to leave renounced in the lurch, but I, I think, it, <laughs> I think it would definitely be weird since I guess renounced is like the band. I'm sort of the, the newest to, if you know what I mean. And yeah, thus far I haven't, you know, had like, 
as much involvement as I've had in like my prior bands and stuff. I'd have to, yeah. I, I'd have to pick. Wow, this is a tough one. It would be, it would definitely be a song off the Oblivionized album, and it would definitely be an, an employed to serve track for sure. I'm just struggling to think of which ones, but I guess I should pick one so someone yeah. can actually check you, it out. You're going to get pushed into that direction. Don't worry, we're not ending this till you tell me. So mm, okay. <laughs> You might have to like edit out this long bit of like me just going, ah, uh, this song. Let me it's, think. It's kind of like the tension. I think I might leave it in. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite tense actually thinking about this now. Yeah. I think, well, I'm going to say that I might change my mind about this in two seconds. Uh, so it's a song like no one apart from people in the band won't have heard at this point, but there's a song called Half-Life on the new Employed to Serve record. I think, like, musically kind of sums us up. It's kind of got a bit of everything. So that would be, like, something I'd be kind of proud to put forward and say, like, here's something I've done, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so that would be one of them. So obviously at this point in time, um, no one's actually heard it. But and there you have episode out, three um, all tied up and, then and done. The other one would uh, be thanks off, as always. I'll keep it short and sweet. Album, Life is but a struggle I hope you enjoyed it. it. Um, I think Sammy's an I'm absolutely awesome to guy to speak to. You, as probably, you can probably tell from oh, the conversation, it was probably choice. the most chilled out I've been. <laughs> I'm going to say the single we've I think that's you, Sammy. Some people might think you should get more experience, but no, I'm going to go with Sammy. I think he was really easy to chat to. Incredibly interesting. 100 percent from my era actually um cool and i think the band is absolutely <laughs> so awesome no one has heard any of those before i'm gonna probably go check them out i've heard go listen to them the album make sure you give it the intent the attention so, sorry that tune in again probably next deserves week, but as always from my perspective uh, sammy thank very much for having the chat me on do what you want generally actually really enjoyed it like it's good to have a catch up but we haven't really had a proper one boring like Maybe Facebook Messenger, which is kind of the standard MySpace stuff these days. On to- yeah. while we're on the topic, I find it's hard to have like a proper like yeah, conversation on like Facebook as well. I'm definitely yeah more of a fan of just having a well. I, I say face to face. I've just actually been staring at a, a static picture of you for the last <laughs> hour or so. But yeah, talk. You should be so yeah. lucky. <laughs> voice, yeah, yeah. voice to voice, as it were. But. Cool. But thanks, man. Appreciate. Oh no, all the pleasure is all mine. <laughs>